What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. I'm Alex. How's it going this morning, sweetheart? Pretty good. Who do you have for us today? <laughs> um, we are talking to Gail Giovanello, um, who is the owner of Mind Your Body Studios located on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Gail is Pilates certified from Deborah Lesson and holds a level two in the gyrotonics expansion system and jump stretch board. Gail owns and operates the two Mind Your Body Studios, holds teacher training, workshops, and so much more. Wow, wow, wow. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Gail. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for coming or being here. She's We're talking to her via Skype, so we see her, but we're not with you. That's okay. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having on a call. <clears throat> that is quite the list uh, out in front of your name yeah. there. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, well, it's been my life. Uh, you know, I turned 50 this year, and that's all I've really done with my time. I realized a couple of years ago I'd be doing this now for the rest of my life. So, yeah. well, it's a great 25 years. 25 years. It's a great <laughs> profession amazing. to be in because it. I mean, you're taking care of your body. I mean, there's not really anything better than that. You know, you're not sitting at a desk all day. No, that is true. I'm certainly not. <laughs> even even with the care, I take and provide i still have some of the ailments that aging <laughs> with aging so yeah i think you know you can only do so much <laughs> yeah some of that's inevitable i think um all right so let's jump into wednesday wisdom Corey, would you like to start us off sure my wednesday wisdom is to try to go to bed every night at the same time <laughs> it's um, a great one i I'm trying to do some sleep therapy with myself because I, uh, for a very long time, haven't had like a set schedule and now I'm on a set schedule. So I'm trying to go to bed every night at the same time and it's been working like gangbusters. I wake up in the morning and I'm not as tired as I usually am and uh, I've gotten kind of this whole new lease on the thought of sleep as self-care. It's very important. Yeah. So... It's my Wednesday wisdom. What about you, wife? Um, My Wednesday wisdom is also one of my intentions for this month is to talk to myself the way I talk to others. I was talking to my sister-in-law and she was, like a lot of women do, um, kind of beating herself up for not feeling pretty or not feeling good in her body and I I just think she's crazy because I think she's so beautiful and just a rock star so I was giving her all these compliments and then I stopped myself because I thought wow that's totally something that I would say to myself Tiffany beating herself up I would do I do that to myself but I definitely don't respond the way I responded to my sister so one of my intentions this month is to talk to myself the way I talk to my clients or my friends or my family or my students because positive self-talk is extremely important and I know that because I tell my clients that but I need to take something from my own book a page from my own book <laughs> so that's my Wednesday wisdom what do you got for us I like that. Thank you. Well, your your wisdom is sim- aligned with mine after having almost two weeks off for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. 
I felt very refreshed. So my wisdom is to move your body, whatever you decide to do, whether it's walk or take classes, Pilates, whatever it is. But most importantly, to take more time for yourself than you think is necessary. Mm, I tell her that all the time. I tell her that all the time. It's never too much. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels so good. Like I feel so refreshed right now and I feel like a new person. I was so depleted uh, two weeks ago and now I feel like a new person. That's, That's great, great advice. I love that. Yeah. You should take note. I will. <laughs> it's noted. <laughs> I'm always giving her a hard time because, you know, she her her time estimations, even for like travel, allow for zero error, zero oh, yeah. margin I'm, of I'm error. I'm bad at that. <laughs> so I'm like, you need to just give yourself more time. Because I'm the kind of guy that will show up to an airport like an hour early and be like, let's have a snack and sit and like <laughs> talk, you know. <laughs> But, oh, uh, extra time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So together you can, well, you can encourage her. Yeah. I guess yeah. you know, like, she's not great at that to have more time for yourself. For sure. Yeah. So, story, right? Especially being in New York, we just all work so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot to keep up with. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, um, I'd like to hear a kind of a brief history of how you got into the Pilates and wellness world and um, have you, did you grow up in New York? I actually grew up in New Jersey. Okay. But I, you know, I fled my hometown fairly young when I went to college and never really went back mm-hmm. and traveled a lot as a dancer. I had a lot of work, which was nice. I was already traveling at 19, you know, before I was 20. Um, and what kind of dance did you do? I was a modern dancer and I was, um, I was a trained ballet and tapper, mm-hmm. but my work was in modern dance. So I moved to Atlanta to work with a company for a few years. And um, I only came back to New York three years later because I had such um, uh, like I wanted to get back to New York to be a New York dancer. Yeah. You know, I had pressure on myself to do that. Yeah. And so I left even though it was three years prematurely. But when I came back here, I had a lot of connections actually. And I followed up with every single one and they all fell through by the time I got back to New York. And in Atlanta, I was waiting table dance. And then I came here and, and it really shattered. I my it was like starting over. Mm-hmm. So not being able to get a waitressing job in this uh, New York city, <laughs> Uh, I couldn't believe it. So I just turned to fitness uh, when a friend of mine told me about a studio she was working at and it was body toning. So it was, it was very much like a Pilates class, very organized, therabands, you know, steppers, the whole fitness yeah. owning bit. And then that referral turned into a Pilates studio referral and they train, trained you right in the studio. That's there awesome. weren't these trainings like they have today. Yeah. So I trained and worked for this woman for two years. Uh, that's how I got into it. Very cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And how long were you teaching before you opened your studio? Well, not very long, actually. Without realizing or planning it uh, perfectly, per se, Um Within that two-year contract, I was already developing some other contacts on the opposite side of Manhattan Mm -hmm. and developing my own business. 
So one thing they didn't like very much is the woman uh, that I worked for was very high strung Mm -hmm. and her energy would always cause me to like take a step back. And, you know, I was in my twenties, so I I would go home crying sometimes. She, she was, she was just very big personality and did with my personality. So when I came to the East side, I met this lovely couple, this chiropractor and she was a yoga teacher and they just took me under their wing. I mean, they practically like gave me clients and they offered me $5 more than I, I, I said, I wanted one rate. She said, well, I'm going to pay you this. Wow. So warm and loving. And, and so I just left the West side and came to the East side and their little practice in the chiropractic office became the start of my practice. Wow. So it was, it was a great experience and I wanted to do something that was positive. I said, if she can do it and she's mean to people, I can do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And you catch more bees with, or flies with honey than sugar, than vinegar. It's a really powerful, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's a really powerful realization though, too, to have as a, like as a young person being like, if you are an asshole and I can, (laughs) and you can be successful, I can definitely do it and be nice. That's yeah, great. Yeah, she had such a following, and people just listened to her, and I would catch on her manipulations and stuff, like, oh, you have a great-looking shirt, and she'd be right in your face talking to me, and I, I would always step back. Yeah. And she was like that bad, um, that unhappy uh, ballet dancer thing yeah. where she was like <laughs> to people, yeah. and I didn't understand it. And like even like where the mats or the springs went, at the time, you know, when you were a teacher, like back in the early 90s, you mostly changed springs, made sure people were doing their set workout properly, mm-hmm. assisted them. And that's really what I was. I was an assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. She didn't, you know, treat me very well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So then how long were you working with the chiropractic family when you decided, oh, I think I'm going to open up my own space? Um. When he decided, it was right when the Pilates industry was getting really big. Mm -hmm. And another chiropractor friend of his um, uh, was going big. And this guy decided he didn't want to do it at all. So he essentially gave me the clients. And I was really lost. I I didn't know where I was going to find space. And there was this very large ballroom dance studio on the Upper East Side. And every day, you know, I had some home clients, so I was up on the East Side every day. And I noticed that the space wasn't being used at all. And it was huge. It took up like, a, you know, I, I don't know, a good portion of the block. It had like five windows wow. right on Lexington wow. Avenue, second floor. I could see it had mirrors. It was a big hardwood floor open space. So... I bought a reformer. Well, I contacted the woman, made friends with her, and she said I can use the space up until about noon. So I developed a clientele there with a reformer that I would slide out. It was on wheels. And every morning I would go in and slide this reformer out. We'd have all of this space. It was lit. It it was just amazing. And these clients followed me there. Amazing. And told their friends. I gained a few more. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I found a space to share with another personal trainer, I guess with the same reformer, but soon I was in this small space sharing with two other people. I mean, you're bringing me back down memory lane a little bit. I (laughs) I had so many funny issues. Like there was a Sikh, um, that rented the space next to me. Uh-huh. 
he made me put his religious figure in the space for a while. <laughs> he sort of shared it. I mean, it took me years to kind of get on my own. And yeah. the, the, the other trainer left, and then finally the Sikh left. <clears throat> and I had no problem with religion, but it was just weird. I mean, this was before the men were wearing the beards like they're doing today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here, the turban, and then I had to have his god on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever works. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, that's slowly, funny. Slowly, I ciphered everybody out. I was on my own, and 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 that space I made very quaint and nice. It was just um, an old building. You know, I had to put a paint job on it. I think I put a new floor. And then at that point, I had a reformer that converted to a Cadillac. And then I had one gyrotonic, I had a barrel, and I had a chair. So I had one of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and were you were doing private lessons or small group classes? Yeah, private lessons. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to um, have one of the other instructors from that first studio help me out. So she came in and taught with me for uh, a couple days a week. Um. So it was the, just the two of us for <clears throat> a long time. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, um, you know, as you know, in the dance world, um, I I worked with dancers for years. Yeah. Years. I would hire dancers, dancers who needed, you know, help work just to work at the desk, to teach. And um, that was always a successful uh, avenue for me. Yeah. What do you think so, was the uh, – what do you think was the – scariest part um about deciding to open your own space or studio like did you have any fear or reservation that it would work out or oh yeah i mean you know that space only lasted a short time because it was in a space that someone owned the air rights and they were selling the building Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden they were selling the building and i had i had like a couple months to leave so it was scary going to the next step and having to find actually the current space that I'm in. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of brave and I take chances. So I took those chances, but um, it was scary because I never viewed myself as a business person um, or didn't really have the finances to open like a, a real space and renovate it. I just jumped into these brownstones and made them as quaint as I could. Right. I, I just wanted a functional workspace. I wasn't into, I wasn't so worried about having the spa like experience for people. So, yeah. um, yeah, I guess that was the scary that like having that, not having that perfect space. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that can hold, I think that can hold people back a lot. Um, not having the perfect space or like talking to people who are ready, like wanting to launch a business, but the website's not perfect or, you know, they just don't have the space, whether it be online or in person and they're <clears throat> waiting for, you know, the perfect thing. But I don't think quote unquote, the perfect thing really exists. I think you have to just start and evolve and make it what you yeah. need it to be. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I think that um, a lot of people hold themselves back trying to have um, that per- perfection. And it's not, you know, it's a, it's a work of art and it's a work in progress like anything else. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. You know, every year I change something or I eventually get rid of 
you know, the inexpensive desk and replace it with a, a nice desk yeah. or yeah. floors yeah. have been a problem. I've had the, I've had it painted several times. Um, the equipment needs maintenance, you know, mm-hmm. and every year I do a little work to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, yeah. you definitely well, have to put money into your business, but, yeah. um, I mean, just like, look at these nice microphones you have. <laughs> well, I mean, Getting I had, yeah i've had uh you know my my business has had quite like a weird i mean my business partner and i started off in a in a coffee shop uh that we would meet at before working at a restaurant and then uh we were borrowing space from a friend of mine who worked at WeWork, and he would give us his conference room hours and then we moved into a co-working space and then a small office in in Brooklyn and now we're in like a just a gorgeous studio but it's like it took 3 years of like hustling and yeah, trying and to find yeah trying to find all of that stuff you know so i i get that space is it can be super important yeah yeah well that's great and it's just the courage of starting and then it gets better um in time and um you know my clients saw that over the years you know, because I've heard them uh, respond to some comments and they would say, well, you had to wait to get the money to get new windows or new curtains, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's absolutely right. You know, um, people, people's businesses, I think, may not um, be viable or successful. I mean, I've heard of other studios where people are not making salary yet and they haven't taken home any money, which I think is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, who can afford to do that um, because they put so much money into their space and they're still paying that off. Yeah. 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 I never recommend um, taking a loan out just to have new walls. But yeah. Yeah, and it's also so much more about the community that you're breeding and like the culture uh, and, and how people feel when they work with you as opposed to like, oh, I have the best equipment. Like it doesn't matter if you're not teaching these and connecting with these people in a way that's going to keep them coming back is what I would imagine. Yeah. Well that, excuse me, that's part of it. Um, but you have to decide what is important to me. Teaching Pilates and getting people to move was the most important thing. Right. right. So actually like having good equipment with good springs that I can rely on that wouldn't malfunction for people that would be more important to me than having, you know, the best looking welcome carpet coming yeah. in <laughs> yeah. to the or, or, you know, incense burning. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so when you, and, well, the studio clientele, they, they really like to work out. Yeah. yeah. They come in to lie around. They want the best Pilates experience that we could give them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So when you um, transition into the space you're in now, did you go into it with the mindset of I'm opening mind your body or did you go into it as I'm just going to continue doing personal clients? And if so, when did it evolve into what it is now where you have group classes, you do privates, you do teacher trainings, workshops? I mean, it's not a, it's not a, an only private studio. Right. Um, so yeah, so I moved into the new space just trying to expand a s- small fraction of what I started with. Mm-hmm. Is space, it was much larger, mm-hmm. but um, no, I didn't have like a grand opening or anything. I just thought, okay, this will grow a little bit bigger. So again, the space was kind of 
run down. I made do. I had friends that were artists. We fixed the walls. <laughs> and it started growing little by little. And um, the concept of group classes was not in my plan. Mm-hmm. But uh, an instructor of mine uh, was so cute and encouraging. She she was, come on, Gail, we, we can do this. We can have classes and everybody needs to do this work. And I, it's just got me thinking like, okay, let me look for another space where we can hold classes. So <clears throat> she actually encouraged me and across the street, I found another brownstone with another small space. So I actually have two spaces across the street from each other. Oh, cool. Yeah, one was intended for group classes and then the original space just for privates. And I thought it would be like a rollover. But what happened in the earlier years was people didn't roll over. They didn't want to do group classes. They wanted to do their private lessons and keep their schedule the same. So this other studio became a whole new animal. Yeah, Yeah. that was shocking because I thought, oh, God, now I have a whole new business that I have to promote and build. And I really did. It was a separate animal. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, luckily, it really exploded. People saw me more on the side of the street. They came in. It's a lot of walk ins. And the class schedule is very full there's over 20 classes oh my god on the schedule yeah and i it it just allows me to do different types of classes so you know i'm i've let instructors try um to add a class that they might develop themselves Mm -hmm. um i i we are certified in all different types of classes from other people's um programs Yeah. yeah And that's so, important because you, you're most likely your students want a wide variety, not the same class over and over again. Like it's nice to have variety and exactly yeah. that's what I was picking up from people once you come into this class realm that um, it was uh, that, that it was a variety that people wanted and not every like I'm a technique. Um, worker. I like to work mm-hmm. on people's technique and form and alignment, but not everybody cares. Not yeah. everybody cares where their bones are and they just want to move and work out. So all different types of people. And um, interestingly enough, now here we are in 2019 and I went to um, the Pilates Method Alliance conference. And also what I experienced in my own studio is that teachers aren't trained to teach a group class. So mm-hmm. Pilates is now in the group fitness realm. Mm-hmm. It needs to, I feel it needs to be addressed. People need to have group fitness training because yeah. I, I've experienced teachers that teach exactly like they teach a one-on-one. And it's different. A, a group of people needs um, more energy and there are different styles and techniques that, you know, techniques of teaching that, one needs to approach a group of people with, whether it's five or 20 people. It's a a whole different animal um, right there. Totally Um, agree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to, I was accepted at the next year's conference to teach that as a workshop. Oh, Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Bodies is a group fitness. So I'm, 
I'm like, wow, I finally created something new that <laughs> the, the Pilates industry needs. Yeah, because that's awesome. There's so many things out there that people have already uh, tackled. Yeah. But there just doesn't ever seem to be a limit with what you can come up with. Well, and in some ways, group classes, I mean, I've watched Alex. I've been to hundreds of classes that Alex has taught over the years. And, like, sometimes it's like herding cats. Like, adults mm-hmm. don't want to listen. They're just off doing their own <laughs> thing, picking their nose. You're like, dude, this is important. Because if you drop a barbell on your head, you're going to go to the hospital. <laughs> Please pay attention, you know? <laughs> Exactly. And then you come in as a a teacher with a passion and goals for people and, and they're paying for the service. So (laughs) if they come in and not, you know, not give it their all, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's uh, disappointing. So, I mean, kind of caveat, kind of transitioning into that, you know, disappointing. What do you think has been like the the best part, maybe like a, like a highlight of owning your own studio and maybe like something that's kind of more difficult, uh, like a more difficult aspect about it. If you could give us like, you know, or best and worst or however you want to phrase it. Oh yeah. Um, well the highlight is that I actually do get to create and be creative, even Mm -hmm. though it's this business aspect, I get to sit down and say, you know, I think I'm going to go into education or, you know, I think um, we should have a social hour or I think we should get out of our heads and go to the water slide park as a group. Yeah. You know, I just really kind of create and make my work fun. Yeah, that's, that's what cool. I really like. That's awesome. Um, I think the worst part about it is, and it's not, yeah, I mean, the thing I like the least is that I like to work by myself, and I started this by myself, and the other person was always in the opposite schedule, and now I have 18 people to manage, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm always around people, and I'm 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 the sole owner, so I am leading every single project. Yeah. So I'm even though I have people helping and delegating with every. Um, leg of it um i'm sort of answering questions and you know putting out fires yeah. and it's just non-stop I, I i joke and say we're 24-hour fitness because, <laughs> yeah, we're open seven days a week and it's just never ending so yeah you know I, I i stay open to my staff i say text me anytime i'm always available and i'll ignore a message <laughs> if i'm really not available and it's not too much. They're very independent. I have a great staff. I love my instructors. I love my front desk. I mean, everybody keeps the positive attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really do well with people that um, become superstars or have other intentions. It, it, it tends not to work out. Yeah. So um, everybody's kind of aligned, and I, I love my group. Um yeah. But, um, you know, the phone is buzzing a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I wake up and think, what fires do I have to put out now? I mean, things like you would never imagine happen. <laughs> you know, either the building or the equipment. Right. Or yeah. Something, yeah. something always happens. I'm like, but and now I joke about it. I can smile about it. But, you know, <laughs> in the beginning, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, um, the first job we got when we moved to New York, we, um, we both worked front desk at a CrossFit gym and then I started teaching there. 
Um, so we were really close with the owners and we also came into the business as they were opening up a second location. So we got to see firsthand like, oh, we, I came to work today and the lights aren't turning on or the basement's flooded or the basement's flooded or, oh, the heat's not on. And, and there's just such a, it's not an, some of those building things are not an easy fix. It's like a chain. You have to tell the owners and the owners have to contact the the building owners. And then the building owners have to contact like, Oh, I remember I walked in and the alarm was going off and we didn't have an alarm system that I was aware of. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't understand why, what is happening here. So yeah. Right. I didn't know that. Oh, I'm the front desk. I have to mm-hmm. do something. My job. Me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 So I can imagine that. So kind of caveating that question too. Uh, what do you think was the biggest lesson that you've learned uh, over the years opening the studio? If, if you had to say one. Okay. Well, aside to not panic when things like that happen. That's great advice. <laughs> That's great advice. <laughs> not to panic. Like things are going to happen. Um, like the lights, heat. I had I had a radiator explode once. Oh my oh, god! Oh my goodness! That's like having a fire. Luckily, nobody was in the room. But anyway, that experience was um, crazy. But I've learned to stay calm in those terrible experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also learned to have great customer service, which I did not start with. I mean, I'm a nice person. I love people. People typically like me, but I didn't have great customer service. And I was always telling people exactly what was on my mind. Like, no, you can't have that $10 off. And like, you know, I would say, are you crazy? You know? Yeah. And if some one of my client said you know Gail you cannot speak to your clients that way you <laughs> thank goodness for that client that told I you realizing that these are these are actually customers not friends not colleagues not people mm-hmm. that I love they're not family and friends so in a way in that way yeah um yeah so that's I think I took a lot of business courses over the years I took um some studio training some <laughs> marketing customer service and that's what I developed and learned the, the most the best yeah I think that was the biggest um, leap was learning how to provide great customer service yeah yeah that's that is very important I have definitely I've over I've been teaching various things since 2009 or 10 so I and I've worked for so many different studio owners and I can tell when a studio is thriving and when it's not and it's because if the owner doesn't have good customer service, like people don't want to come to your space and people and customers pick up on that. They really pick up from that. And, you know, my, my clients now, and it's, you know, it's, it's a constant working of that uh, philosophy, but they, I think they really feel a community here now and they Mm -hmm. feel um, that they know they're going to be taken care of, not just by me, but by their front desk, by the instructors and, um, and by the space itself. Yeah, so that that's great. What they can expect when they walk in the door. Yeah. And um, it's a much more pleasant place to be that way as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned um, you, your staff can text you whenever you're essentially on call 24-7. Um, what do your day-to-day operations look like? And also, do you ever tell your staff, like, 
do not bother me. I need time away. Like, do you ever fully take time to yourself? Um, yes, I absolutely do. I, I do not like paperwork. I am the kind of person where I have one file for all my papers that just goes in a big envelope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am like, I, when I had earlier jobs, I am a great front desk person. I'm, I'm very organized and neat and all that stuff. However, I don't like doing it. So I've set my studio up where I can teach. So I teach a little bit more than the average owner, which means I'm around more than the average owner. I don't know. I'm saying that, but I don't know what other owners really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just very present all the time yeah. at the studio. And, um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, I've trained staff that really take care of a lot of problems and the day-to-day activity. So at this point, I have to say, I don't even look at the inbox every day. That's or awesome. Answer yeah, that's great. Good for you. Removed from it. Today, I'll go home and do some admin work at my desk. I've had one client. I have, I have you guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I won't really be present at the studio. And Ooh. then um, in the summers, I take Fridays off. <clears throat> so I have three-day weekends. And I, tr- I have a patient schedule that I set up. Part of the taking time for yourself, I try to go out of town at least for one day once a month and then four times a year i take a one week vacation that's awesome that is a great stick to that (laughs) it doesn't always work but i try to aim aim for that yeah and um the availability on text is only when people really can't figure something out and they want help or advice or how do i word this because i want to get it just right or something like it's a it's a quick remedy for me to reply. I always tell them I'm the scheduling master. Someone walks in and no, there's no instructor, but they had an appointment. I will remedy that in 30 seconds. So if you're really stuck, send me that text. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. No, usually I can find a remedy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because we are a husband and wife team, husband and wife talk, um, I'm curious if you were, in a relationship when you opened Mind Body Fitness or when you transitioned into more of a bigger studio and how that played a role in your relationship because when Corey was opening his studio and his business, like we had a lot of talks about what what it would be like for ourselves financially, time-wise, the yada yada. And when I started dancing ginger, same thing. So what curious if you had an experience like that well your your situation sounds great and sounds like you've worked off of each other a lot or and had encouragement oh um, there was disagreement too don't get me yeah, wrong there, were definitely <laughs> there was definitely disagreements but yeah but just, i think for the base of it is is support we, yeah, yeah we coming from a place of love for other. sure yeah yeah that's that's really great i mean and that comes across and I've listened to some of your other audios and it's, it's, it's really nice. Um, I, on the other hand, had, have not had that experience. <laughs> um, I had an encouraging boyfriend who was a business major mm-hmm. who helped me sort of start thinking like a business person. So that was yeah. a great start to all of this. And he, he also showed me how marketing could be fun. I mean, you know, That's marketing important. is just fun. It's creative. Yeah. It's, it's sitting around coming up with ideas, putting them out on the table, being okay to be wrong or crazy or Yeah. And then um I got I I'm in on my second marriage, but my first marriage, 
it was helpful and this guy wasn't, my first husband wasn't um, a marketing or a business expert, but he was very creative. Mm-hmm. So I had more support and, um, and encouragement to be creative. It was like, yeah. whatever you think you want to do, you can do it. Yeah, and cool. that's helpful. He, he was there to support me. You know, it was it was great. Um, and he and his mom even helped me paint my first space. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, cool. yes, it was great. Yeah. And then um, now, even though my husband my husband today um, owns his own business, he and I do business dif- very differently. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I don't really get advice from him or take advice. Actually, once in a while, he'll throw me something like. You know, he comes in, changes a light. He does a lot of maintenance at the studio. <laughs> Equipment expert, so he fixes all my machines when oh. needed. Um, but three days later, he'll say, you really need to upgrade that desk. Oh, cool. You know, so about the desk, I do have a desk that I need to upgrade still. Yeah. <laughs> and I had it made. And he, the guy who made it made it out of, like, plywood. And, and Scott's like, oh, it's you're so much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I'll get like little tidbits, but... Yeah. Um... It's always delicate because like your business is kind of like your your baby, you know, it's your thing. So I've had her give me advice on stuff and I've gotten defensive because I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing, you know? Um, right, yeah. or like Scott, you know, Scott's a little older than me and he'll say website. And I'm like, um, yeah, hello, website and Facebook and Instagram. Like that is not even in his. Yeah. Realm. I mean, yeah. he has he has a website now, but um, yeah. oh, that's funny. you know, I want to post funny. for him and I want to blog for him and show him how that can really help. And he wants nothing to. He's just a one-on-one customer kind of person. Yeah. So I guess, you know, there's, there is support there, but it's, it's, we're not entwined in each other's businesses at all. It's probably a good thing too, sometimes, you know, to, to have space and just let the relationship be the relationship as well. Cause I'm yeah. not really involved in her day-to-day stuff either. And, day-to-day you know. or coming home with the gripes. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. It's, it's, I try not to share those too much yeah. when I walk in the door immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, is there anything that someone probably wouldn't suspect you do or anything that someone might not know about owning your own studio. I think a lot of people in the fitness world kind of dream of opening up their own studio because you can only climb the ladder so much before some people want more. So they'll open their own studio. Is there anything that someone may need to know that is not out there? Um, Well, from past experience for myself, I would recommend knowing what the uh, labor laws are, mm-hmm. especially when you come into having employees. Um, it seems, especially now, today, it seems more important than ever to run a very legitimate business because I think people go into studios particularly not having business experience like I, like myself. And instead of learning as you go, I mean, there are laws and tax laws and spatial laws and insurance laws that need to be followed. Yeah. And, and less and less are you getting away with skipping out on <clears throat> one, even if it's an innocent skip. So my advice to people would be to, um, you know, speak to a lawyer, speak to a labor lawyer. 
Find out what the state requires and are you going to have employees or are you not going to have employees? Because that is a major, and how are you? Are you an employee? Are you, what, what is your role in the business? And to go by the law. Um, Because I kind of learned the hard way and you only end up paying fees and fines and, and going, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, jeez, yeah. I can't do that. I can't be casual about this anymore. Yeah. So, so I, I think that'll, that, that would be my advice. Um, so I also wanted to ask you, um, I teach Pilates at Perry Dance, which is um, a oh. dance studio in lower Manhattan. I used there. You did? That's was funny. I was a dancer, yeah. I, and it, I'm very, very thankful that I feel it fell into my lap. I was managing the front desk and when I first moved to the city and I of course wanted to teach there and so I was very friendly with the um um I don't even remember like I don't know what her title was but the person who scheduled all the the teachers and there was one day that I was working the front desk and the Pilates teacher called out last minute and she ran downstairs and was like Alex can you teach class it's like, totally. Yes, I can. And I was very, again, lucky that it was a really full class. And there were a lot of people that were really happy with my class and asked the, went upstairs and was like, I want Alex to teach more. So then I got on the sub list and was, and I was subbing for, um, a couple of months and then I decided that I wanted to step down from the front desk because I didn't have time to take class and so I talked to the owner and he was like you know we'll we'll put you on the sub list and you can still get free classes when you when you teach or when you sub at the front desk whatever and I was like okay great sure and then a month later I got a call from the owner saying we have an opening to teach Pilates do you want it and I said of course I do. So I went from teaching the front desk, getting free classes, and then kind of in limbo. And then it just came to me. And it was so amazing and so wonderful. And so long story short, I have a lot of students who are dancers wanting to make money and teach Pilates. And they ask me, like, how how did you get this? How do you do this? And I got trained in California. And when I came here, I did have a little bit of a hard time finding a place because a lot of studios and this is what I tell my students is a lot of studios will train people and then hire the people they train and some studios aren't open to taking on teachers who they didn't train so I recommend you know try out some studios find the places you like and then ask when's the next teacher training so do you have any different advice on how students can become teachers okay that's first of all i just want to comment because you i mean i've known you for a while alex you're such an opportunist and i love it and i think (laughs) that i think that this is how you you make it happen for yourself you know you you take a job you take a you go to an audition or whatever and Mm -hmm. you you make it happen because it snowballs one thing leads to another Mm -hmm. generally yes you just keep moving forward. So I, I commend you. I think, Thank I you. think you're really wonderful. If I may say that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Um, I'm like, wow, she has her own granola bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really yes. impressive. Um, okay. But to answer your question, you know, to, 
as I said, when I trained, I was working in the studio. So I got a lot of hands on Mm -hmm. uh, physical experience with Pilates. I was actually doing it and then being taught how to teach those hands on moves. Yeah. And, and other stuff about the springs, about the equipment. Um, it was all encom- encompassing. And today, it just seems that a lot of these longer, overly priced uh, teacher trainings still have people come out not knowing the movements, not knowing about the equipment, mm-hmm. not knowing how to start a client or what to do with um, certain <clears throat> demographs. And I've had, I've had to... Somebody has actually come to me once with their manual after their training and asked me and paid me to go over every exercise with them in the book. Wow. So I, I said, of course, this is my passion. I, this is what I'll do. So um, what I would advise um, to future instructors is to try to explore all the options because the option doesn't have to be, you know, a ten thousand, five thousand dollar course, um, eight hundred hours, whatever. Yeah. The the PMA, um, which is the Pilates Method Alliance, which I do belong to, and I mm-hmm. do try to, um, and I'm certified through them. I, they have a scope of practice. It's four hundred and fifty hours for a minimum course, but that doesn't necessarily have to be with a pen and pen, paper and a, a manual. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I provide a select group of people who who approach me and want to do this in studio. And I talk about the scope of practice and the protocol and, you know, if they want to get PMA certified, what that would in, entail, and that it's a process, that mm-hmm. any beginning training will bring you to an introductory an introduction to teaching gotcha. and then yeah. experience and you pile on that and eventually you have your 600 hours and so on. Yeah. So, um, I would encourage teachers to seek people out, um, like myself who, who still yeah. do that, you know, yeah. so I'm still doing that. And I find that my teachers actually understand the movements they're doing Pilates. They're all recommended to do Pilates. And when they ask me what manual to get, I just, I just say, you know, get, get this, uh, you know, I, I recommend the PMA just because I try to get them to take that test. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we just use that manual, but it almost doesn't matter which manual because yeah. my, my goal is just to teach them the exercises and maybe say uh, a couple of things about how it's done. This is classical. This is how I learned it. Mm-hmm. I mean, people today um, right. are influenced by Irene Dowd a lot. A lot of dancers and Pilates instructors take Irene Dowd's courses mm-hmm. and and then put that with their Pilates training. So, um, you know, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't think that the bigger companies are, are has agree. to be the way yeah. to go. Yeah, totally so agree. Encourage people to look outside that box a Got little it. bit if they can. And obviously, it's hard to know who these people are. I'm sure there's many more people like myself that, that do it. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. You advice. know, you know, dancers. You know, you're at a great space. Yeah. Um, Great Dance has a lot of uh, good people to talk to. So speaking mm-hmm. to dancers and other people who have been doing Pilates um, 
for a long time and even gyrotonic and I'm sure other types of fitness are the same, the same thing. Aerobics has, um, the non-impact aerobics, the NIA mm -hmm. that's around for a while. So if, if people just do a little exploration of the history, um, totally they'll see it's actually not so new and they can go back to more of how people were trained 10, 15, 20 years ago mm -hmm. and maybe a combination of both. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or something like that, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Very cool. Um, we got a couple more questions for you and then, uh, we'll, uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, these are kind of fun. Um, and you can, you can answer them <laughs> however you want. Uh, is there anything that you want to get off your chest? It could be a rant. It could be something, uh, you can't let go of. It can be something, uh, positive if you want. I had a ch very challenging 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't normally say this every new year, but I'm very happy that I have this new fresh start to a year and I've done a lot of work at the end of 2018 in trying to clarify, um, what serves me and what doesn't serve me. I love that. And, That's awesome. um, I even had a Reiki session with a great friend of mine and I've avoided that for years. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I, I think I'm just not into, I'm not into things that don't serve me right now. And I'm trying to be really clear about what, what that is. Mm -hmm. And, um, a very disappointing thing. Um, and I'm not going to say names even though I want to, because <laughs> it, it would put like, who I train with and stuff, um, yeah. start here publicly. But anyway, um, I had a disappointing, um, experience with someone I love business partner. So a business, um, a project that I'm involved in and will be more involved in as hopefully this year goes on, but her part, her business partner, I'm finding to be very controlling and, um, uh, he cursed at me, you know, he told mm. me to fuck off. And I was, I called her to tell her this. I said, I don't know if you know this person, the, the, the side that I just saw, it was so unnecessary. Yeah. And she's really oblivious to it. Oh, it's a bummer. So, yeah. So I'm in this predicament of where I'm involved with this, but now I have friction with this guy and I really just don't, it, that, that type of attitude doesn't serve me. Yeah. So, you know, I have to come to terms with either walking away from it or somehow dealing with this person or yeah. something like that. But I was not happy. I mean, when he cursed at me and no. the way he was talking to me was so controlling, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, um, so I, that's something I wanted to get off my chest. Good. But I also am going to try to think beyond, um, what I might get from that and, and know that I will get more if I don't work with people that are like a black cloud. Amen. On that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's important. Good for you. That's awesome. I, I, I know personally for me, I've turned down work f with people if I'm in the room with them and they're just like, like I've dealt with some hyper aggressive real realtor type people. And I'm like, dude, you're just, you're too aggressive. I can't work with you. And you know, it's, I, I've had to be better about that because I'm a yes man. I want to make everyone happy all the time. And it's really hard to say no. But thank you for sharing. I'm glad yes, you got it off your chest. You. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Well, we have two 
fun little segments we like to do at the end because we like to laugh and um, I like to laugh at myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, is there anything stupid or embarrassing that you've done recently that you would like to share with us? Um, <laughs> I can start if. if, if All right, you can go first. <laughs> okay, so I the person I was with when this happened, listens to our podcast. And when it happened, she they, said, they Don't turned say to this. me and said, do not put this on your podcast. So, <laughs> so naturally she's going I to. I am not going to say this person's name, but we were at someone's home and they had this big map and it had pins in it. And it was a world map. And every there were different colored pins. The red pins were places they've been. Green pins were places they were going to go. Or they want to go like dream vacations. And then there was a blue pin that places they're going next. And it was in the United States. And I was like, well, they're going in the middle of fucking nowhere. Where are they going? And then we're both staring at this map that doesn't have the name of the states on it. And, and we're like, like, what state is that? <laughs> and we're, we were staring at it for a pretty long time. Couldn't figure it out. We're like naming the surrounding states. And we had to cheat to look at it. Um, but I just quizzed Corey on it. I didn't know it either. And he didn't I, know but it But I also, I could not find my way out of a paper bag. So this is not a surprise. <laughs> I am uh, directionally challenged. <laughs> it was Wyoming. It was Wyoming. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we started it for a pretty... to know all geography. Like, <laughs> like, like why would I retain all of that information I know I know I'm well, very like, sorry to Wyoming I people, forgot what you looked like I've also <laughs> noticed that people that know all of the states are a little braggadocious about it too yeah. they're like oh you didn't know that oh, oh, you know I'm like come <laughs> on man yeah yeah so that was my most embarrassing <laughs> I, I I didn't have an <clears throat> I didn't have an embarrassing one, but I had one that like made me blush. Just listening to your story, I, I will say that one, okay, one, one thing I did, I drive now. So I live in New Jersey. So okay. I drive in and out of the city. It's not very far, but I hadn't driven in, you know, what, like 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Living in the city. So I'm driving and um, I'm on the Palisades Parkway coming into New York and I don't know if I smelled something like it was burning. Like I always think my car is going to blow up. You know, <laughs> one, one time I had to pull it over and I ran away from the car. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I smell something or I'm hearing a noise. <clears throat> Something's definitely wrong. I pull over. I call my husband who has very limited things to say when something like this happens. Yeah. He's like, is your engine light on? Are the lights on? You know, it's something very pragmatic. Yeah. So anyway, he gets me to go back in the car, turn it on, drive to the nearest auto. Luckily, I knew of one. These guys were hysterical. So it's about 7.38. People are just showing up to work. These two men have their coffees. You know, they're... At, they even have less to say than my husband. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm panicking. I don't know what it is. They sent me away. They couldn't figure it out. Hmm. So I ended up going to the <clears throat> dealer and I'm not sure if they lifted the car, but I ran over the day before a big black garbage bag and it was <laughs> melting <laughs> on the bottom of the Oh no. <laughs> and, oh no. <laughs> 
my, you know, everybody's saying, just drive it, let it burn off, let it burn off. Oh, gosh. So, you know, I was so freaked out that, you know, something was going to blow up or oh, go on man. fire or something. <laughs> but I think eventually my husband went in there and pulled it all off. And, you know, I just never, I never, I never saw the bag. Well, I don't know. I yeah. just... That's great. That's great. That's a good. That's a. That's one of the better, like, more embarrassing stories I've heard. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm sure my car smelled for days while I was driving. It was like burnt plastic. Oh man. I uh, I do a lot of. um, My company does digital content for brands and and um, people, and one of the things we do is we post two people's Instagram pages for them. So I was posting something for a client who may or may not have been following some very salacious oh, no. Instagram feeds. <laughs> wow. So when I logged when I logged into it, like I just kinda got bombarded with some like very extreme graphic images <laughs> that definitely made me blush. That, that stuff is just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, I just like didn't know what to say. I'm just sitting there like, oh boy, I must have been like five shades of pink. But that was definitely the most like <laughs> Not embarrassing, but made me feel very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, that's. But that also doubles as like my funny thing that happened this week. So. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the what made me laugh the most. Um, we like watching the show How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah. And we were watching an old episode last night, and my sister was was over because we um my sister was over. And I was like, oh, my gosh, watch this scene. It's so funny. They go to um, an event at, at, the Natural, Me- at the Met. Oh, at, at the Met or the Natural, Natural History, History Museum. Natural History Museum. Yeah. Um, and two of the characters are have a bet based on who can touch, who can touch the most things without getting caught. <laughs> and so it just – the scene just quickly goes – crazy and then another scene happens and then it flashes back and one of the one of the characters is holding a spear and she has like a fur cape on over her like fancy dress because really she really thought that was funny it just totally tickled my fancy funny bone i just thought it was so freaking funny Oh man! It also doesn't take much for her to laugh. Alex laughs. <laughs> Are you easily. calling me a laugh slut? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, one too. But it's good that see that's the that's the thing of like taking some time and watching television and yeah. just checking yeah. out of reality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's funny. Yeah, H- highly recommend watching that episode. I can't tell you which one it is, but <laughs> I'm probably gonna go back and watch that show a little bit now. Yeah. <laughs> Anything particular that made you laugh other than? burning plastic bags on your car uh, yeah so well new year's eve we uh visited my dad in florida mm-hmm. he's um he's 81 he hasn't had a girlfriend in a while but it's like him to have a girlfriend and um he has a girlfriend now and her grandson who's four was at the house mm-hmm. i was kind of like oh no now we have to entertain a four-year-old um, but my my husband really kicked into gear on New Year's Eve when we started playing with this kid, and the kid started calling my husband Captain Underpants <laughs> <laughs> on this role, and he was going with it. I was so surprised. I was so happy. So he went with the role Captain Underpants, <laughs> and even came out of like there were, it was just the five of us came out with um, some boxer shorts or 
briefs over his uh, <laughs> pants. Oh, and, that's and he awesome. Me, he was calling me uh, Princess Brazier and then my father <laughs> was Captain Adult, adult Diaper. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, that is so we funny. We were ready to put him to sleep okay. early on, but the four year olds, you know, we had, oh, yeah. you know, he Quite. had hours of fun with that. So oh, that was, so that was a, a great way to end the year. And, and go into new one. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, uh, mm. thank you so much for doing this yeah, with us. Thank you. Um, if people want to find you, where what's the best way to find you on online or on the interwebs? Yeah, well, I can be emailed um, through the studio at info at mindyourbodyfitness.com or personally, which is gail, G A I L, at mindyourbodyfitness.com. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all that is mind your body NYC and, um, the studio is mind your body on the Upper East side. So somebody can just look us up. Cool. And come Great. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been really thank great. You. And, uh, some really great yeah. insights. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Great. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks for having me. No problem. Of course. All right, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Bye-bye. Bye. See you. Bye.